Welcome to Hope Community Church. It's so good to see you guys. If you're uh, watching on our live stream, because maybe you're away from Thanksgiving, we wanna welcome you as well. We are kicking off our Christmas series and every single year we, we kind of start to brainstorm and talk about this and how are, we gonna, how are we gonna teach the Christmas story in a relevant way this year? And so we try to come up with ways that are, are fresh, that are, are relevant to the things that we deal with during the holiday season. And so we came up with the idea of let's do Christmas at the movies. Now, how many of you love Christmas movies? A lot of Christmas, yeah, most of us do, right? How many of you have already started watching Christmas movies? Yeah, <laughs> most of us, right? We get into Christmas movies, it's just one of those things that we do uh, during this time of year. And so as we came up with the, the concept of this series, then we had to figure out, okay, well, what, what Christmas movie are we gonna choose? And obviously it had to be a, a Christmas classic, right? One of those ones that most of us have seen that, that really kind of carries the spirit of Christmas, something like a, a White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34. Street or, or Die Hard, you know, one of those classics, classic Christmas movies. And so we landed on Home Alone. And I think for most people, it's, it's at least in the top 10. For many, it's in that top five. I've had some conversations with people last night and over the past week who were talking about, well, we watch this as a family every single year. And it's just, it's just kind of one of, those, one of those movies. And so what we're gonna do in this series is we're gonna actually kind of trace through the story of the movie. And we're also gonna go through the Christmas story at the same time. We're gonna see how, how similar they are to each other, but really more, more importantly, how relevant they are to us and, and to our lives. And as we go into this holiday season, how we can take some of the principles um, from God's word and from the Christmas story and even from uh, maybe have some, some laughter and some fun with the movie as well and kind of put those two uh, together. Now, if you've never seen Home Alone, the, the title alone kind of ruins the plot for you. It's really not that difficult. There's a kid, he's left home and he's alone. And so that's really it. And so uh, in this scene, what you just saw was, uh, was the family, they're gonna go to Paris for Christmas. And, and so this is gonna be this, this dream Christmas, right? And all the extended family is over and the power goes out the night before they sleep in and then it's a mad scramble to get up to get everything ready to get to the airport and they just make it on their plane and as they're flying across the ocean they discover that, that there's something wrong right something is missing and that's Kevin Kevin got left home alone and, and so all of a sudden what they planned what they expected to be this incredible Christmas turned out to to, to not quite go the way that they had hoped and, and planned now I don't know what you think of when you think of the holiday and you think of Christmas. For me, this season reminds me of NASCAR. Any NASCAR fans in the house? No one's willing to admit it? What's happening there? This is the South. I thought we all had. Don't, does everybody have a driver or something? Is that not how it works? I don't know. Anyways, if you've never, because it seems like maybe none of you have ever heard of NASCAR before. If you've never heard of it, it's a bunch of guys and one woman that drive really fast in circles, right? That's really, that's the definition of, of NASCAR. It's very, very, very simple. Um, I don't understand it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't understand NASCAR. In fact, if someone were to come up today and say, Donnie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly you to go watch a race, all expenses paid, I, I think I'd rather stab myself in the neck than go do that, right? It's just not, it's just not something that is high on my to-do list. I've been once, and, and I've had friends that try to convince me that NASCAR is a sport. I don't understand how NASCAR uh, is a sport. Football's a sport, right? And even the acronym for football, National Football League, it, it makes sense. But if you take the NASCAR acronym, even in and of itself, it tells you that it's not a sport, right? Because here's what NASCAR stands for. It's non-athletic sport centered around rednecks. That's, a, that's what it means, right? And so automatically right there, you can't say that it's a sport because it's, it's, right it's right in the title. I, I, don't, I just don't, 
I don't get it. No, here's the problem with making fun of, of NASCAR is that the people that like NASCAR also like guns. Um, and, uh, and so I just want to let you know I'm just joking, right? It's just a joke. We, I can learn to like it. It's, it's better than bowling. And, and so, right, we would just kind of, we'll kind of live there. But I just think NASCAR is the perfect metaphor for the holidays, right? And for Christmas. It, it's, a, it's a time where we are, even our culture, right? It fuels kind of this race mentality where we are going as fast as we can. It often feels like we're just going in circles with this goal of trying to win, except I'm not even sure what it is that we're, we're trying to win in life. We just got through Thanksgiving, right? Thursday happened, and as soon as Thanksgiving is, is done, the plates aren't even cleaned up yet, and all of a sudden, it, it turns to Black Friday, which actually started on Tuesday. I don't understand how that works, right? But, but that happens, and then quickly you move on from there, you begin to, to decorate your house this weekend. We were, Laura and I were in our driveway talking to our neighbors on, on Saturday, and we were trying to figure out when do we start decorating, and we were trying to see if the neighbors, who was going to be the first one to put stuff up in our, in our neighborhood, and so that happens. You know that your calendar is already filled, right, with parties. There's neighborhood parties and office parties and family and all of this kind of stuff. You're going to need to start shopping soon. You're going to shop for people that are impossible to buy for. You're going to shop for people that you, you don't even like, but you have to buy them something, right? And so we get in this place, relatives are about to come over and descend upon your house and your therapy sessions are about to start to ramp up, right? It's just, it's an exhausting, exhausting season. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like your, your expectations for the holidays and reality don't quite measure up, right? They're, they're not quite the same. Maybe it's kind of like this for you. Uh, here's Thanksgiving, Right, we have an expectation of Thanksgiving, and reality turns out to be something totally different. Right? Uh, maybe maybe it's something like this: the the Thanksgiving parade. Right? You have great expectations of it, but you end up four rows deep behind someone with a big hat. You can't see what's going on. Or maybe maybe this. Yeah, your photos with Santa, right? We all have that. We're going to get these. It's going to be great. We'll take the kids. They'll love it. They never love it, right? It's never it's never good. How about this one? The first snow, right? The reality, right? Especially here in the South, it's definitely more like the right than the left, right? The stormtroopers, I don't know what's happening in there. And then, and then this last one, the, the snowman, right? We're going to go out and make a snowman. It's going to be a fantastic family. It looks like it got hit by a truck. Nobody's talking to each other by the time it's done, right? Expectations and reality in life, oftentimes they don't match. And it's not something that just happens during the holiday season, right? This happens all throughout life. It happens in our marriages. It happens with our kids. We have dreams for our children and they constantly disappoint us, right? It's just, it's just one of those things, the expectations and reality. I'm hoping to make the team this year, but the answer was no. I really want to get into this school or into this program, but I've been waitlisted. Or, or maybe again, the answer is no. Your job, your career, it's not heading in the direction that you hoped it would, or it's not progressing at least as fast as you thought it would by this point. Maybe it's finances, right? We feel that stress and that pressure of, of finances, especially during this season, because we want to travel or, or we want to buy the perfect gift, but the budget is tight, and, and it's just not something that we can make happen right now. There's all kinds of ways in which our plans, our expectations in life and reality seem to be on complete opposite ends of the scale. And, and I think during the holidays, it, it, it just feels like, like it, it's all heightened, isn't it? it it's, it's just, there's, it feels magnified during this time. And it feels like we're just going a million miles an hour in circles racing around. And, and so we thought, man, it'd be great to talk about the Christmas story and, and, and how this relates to our life. And, and really what we're gonna take a look at today is, is actually two versions of, of one story. 
One Christmas story, but, but it's about two people, their perspectives and, and the plans that didn't quite go the way that they thought they were gonna go during that first Christmas. And, and, and yet, yet, God has this amazing ability, this amazing way in which he shows up in the middle of our chaos, in the middle of the messes, in the middle of what doesn't make sense for us, and he turns it into something incredible, something beautiful, something that he can use, not only in our lives, but in the lives of people around us. And so we're gonna talk about that today. What happens when our plans, when our expectations and reality don't quite measure up? And let's see what God's word has to say. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one, and, and if you're there or when you find that, it's the first book of the New Testament, first chapter. Uh, put your finger there and then flip over two more books to Luke chapter one. We're gonna look at, at two versions, as I said, of the, of the same story. We're gonna start in Luke and then we'll come back to Matthew. Luke one, Matthew one. Here's the context real quick while those of you are, are flipping there. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You can follow along on the side screens or you can uh, download the app. You can uh, do either of those. Context is this, it's really one story, as I said, about one baby, right? One child that is gonna be born with two parents and, and with that come two different versions, two different perspectives of that same story. And so we're gonna take a look at the birth of Jesus as we head into this Christmas season. Luke 1, beginning of verse 26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, just, just stop for just a second and, and imagine this, right? Greatly troubled, it, that feels like it's just a polite term, right? It feels like they're, we're really underplaying what's going on right here. This angel shows up in, Mary, in, in Mary's life, and I wonder if it's more like those, those cat videos that you see, right? Where the cat gets scared and literally just jumps sideways, like, Row! right? It's just like out of the scene. Like, this is, this is crazy stuff. Well, look how Mary responds, verse 30. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a, I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Some manuscripts um, translate it this way. For nothing is impossible with God. See, for some of us, we, we just need to stop right there, right? Because that's what you needed to hear today. For some of us, that's what you need to know. That's the one thing that you need to hold on to. If you hear nothing else that I say for the rest of this time, for, for some of us sitting in this room, we just need to cling to that, that nothing is impossible for God. See, you're in a situation right now your plans are definitely not going the way that you had dreamed. Your dreams are falling apart. Your expectations and reality are so far apart from each other. And for some of us today, we just need to cling to this. We just need to hold on to this truth that nothing is impossible for God. 
Now, what do you do with this if you're Mary, right? I imagine Mary texting Joseph after a day at Jerusalem High School, right? Because she was probably just a teenager in this. And so maybe Joseph texts and goes, how was your day? And Mary texts back, the line at Starbucks was cray cray, right? And I think I'm failing English class. Do you know they have three words for there? It's just, this is a stupid language, right? I don't even understand it. And so I just blew it off. I went to the mall and I bought some new Uggs, right? Maybe Joseph writes back and I really don't get those things. They're appropriately named though, Ugh, right? I don't understand. And, and so Mary says, oh, oh yeah, I, I did have a conversation with an angel today. That was pretty terrifying. Have you ever talked with one? And Joseph texts back and says, uh, me? No, not, not yet. What, what did he say? And Mary says, he, he said, don't, don't be afraid, Mary, that, that you and God are, are tight. That, that was pretty much it. Oh, there was one other thing. He did mention that I'm pregnant, the baby is God's, and he's going to be the savior of the world. Smiley face emoji, right? Like, what do you, what do, you do with that, right? If you're Mary, how would you respond if you had this, this encounter with this angel? This is not at all how Mary dreamed of, of having a family. Look at Mary's response, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. How would you have responded if you were Mary? How would you, how would you respond if, if you were Joseph now to this news? Let's take a look at, at his version of this same story. Matthew chapter one, if you flip over there, beginning at verse 18, here's what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now let's just stop there for a second because we need to understand what's happening here. Matthew is actually explaining in these verses a verse that he wrote in, in verse 16. Now we didn't even talk about this verse. We, we're not even really gonna look at it. It's a part of the genealogy of Jesus, right? It's a list of names. And the reason we're not gonna talk about it is because Mike did one of the best Christmas series I've, I've ever heard, especially on this topic, last Christmas. And so I would encourage you to go back online and go back a year and go find Mike's series and listen to that. And he's gonna talk about the different people that were involved in Jesus' story and, and why they were so significant. But in verse 16, what, what Matthew wrote is he wrote that, that Mary was Jesus' mother, but that Joseph was not his father. And so now he's unpacking this, right? There's a like, Lucy, there's, you've got some explaining to do, right? Like there's this, there's this verse and we're going, what do, we, what do we do with this? And so he begins to, to unpack it. Now let's start with looking at this fact that Mary and Joseph are engaged. And, and an engagement in their culture, a little bit different than ours, is similar, but it's a little bit different. First of all, Here's what would happen. Both families would agree on the union and then they would negotiate um, a, a price for the bride. And so the, the groom's family would pay the, the bride's father a, a price. And then once that was agreed upon, once the price was paid, then they would be engaged, right? And so that was step one. And then the second step was the, the public announcement. Right, this is, this is where it goes, it goes real, right? This is where you get your, your pictures taken in a park and, and, and on a railroad tracks, right? You put them all on Facebook and everybody sees you're holding up the ring. Like, this, is, this is the engagement, the engagement announcement. But it's a little bit, a little bit bigger in their culture than, than this might be in, in our culture. Even though they're not married yet, the only way to break off an engagement in, in this culture was through one of two ways. It was either death or divorce, 
Right? This is serious stuff. So this engagement thing, right, which would actually go on for a, a year, this engagement period was, was pretty much the same as marriage, right? It was all of the commitment of marriage except for the, you know, right? Like the, the, the good part of it, right? He, he still had to watch Dancing with the Stars with her because he's fully committed, but there was nothing, there was no sugar afterwards, right? This is, there's nothing good happening on this. It's just, it's all the commitment and not a, yeah. And so, so this, is, this is where we are. Now, there's a phrase that we just read, and, and it said this, that before they came together, and what that is telling us is that they have not had sexual relationship yet. And so when Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant, it, it wasn't as easy for him as just calling off the wedding, right? It wasn't as easy as just give me the ring back. Let's just pretend this didn't happen. We got to take stuff off of Facebook, right? It wasn't quite that easy. There, there were really only two options, death or divorce. Now, Matthew also wants his readers to understand Mary's purity in this. And so he says that she became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, this is important because what, what Matthew wants us to understand is, is that Joseph and Mary have not had a relationship, a physical relationship yet. So it's definitely not Joseph's. And Mary didn't have some kind of like thing on the side, right? It, the fact that she's pregnant is, is a miracle. This is a God thing. This is something that has never happened before in the history of the world and will never happen again. This is something that only God can do. And Matthew wants us to be very, very clear in understanding this. But, but it also goes on to say that Joseph is a, a righteous man. And so Joseph is placed in this, in this incredibly difficult place where he has to make a decision because he doesn't want to go against God's laws, right? Joseph doesn't want to cross that line. But to marry Mary would have been an, an admission of guilt for something that he didn't even do. And so he didn't want to do that. But to publicly divorce Mary would have exposed her publicly, right, to a public disgrace. She would have been embarrassed. She would have been humiliated. And, and Joseph has more compassion for her. He truly loves Mary. Right? And so he doesn't want to do that to her. And, and so he's caught in this incredibly difficult place. And so Matthew says that, that Joseph decided to just divorce her privately, just to have this, this quiet little thing, because this way he could keep his reputation, but he could also show compassion and love and, and mercy towards, towards the woman that he loved. See, Joseph didn't understand this whole pregnancy thing was from God and, and through God, that this wasn't a, a human thing. This was a, a God thing. And so Joseph thought his only two options are divorce her publicly or divorce her privately. But the cool part is that God actually had another option. Look what happens in verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Matthew very clearly gives us the, the meaning of Christmas. He, he points out so clearly what Jesus' purpose was in coming 2,000 years ago. One is it's to understand that Jesus is God. And the second is that Jesus' mission was to save his people. Now, this is from far more than, than just the Jewish people from, from Roman rule and, and Roman oppression and Roman tyranny. This is all people from all of their sin. Look at verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. It's nothing 
nothing went the way that, that Joseph imagined it would. Nothing went the way that Mary had dreamed it would go. And yet God shows up and, and, and provides this other option. God had a plan. What do we do when God changes our plans? What do we do when our expectations and reality don't quite measure up? Because a Christmas story is a story about everybody's plans being changed, right? Nobody's life turned out the way they originally thought it was gonna happen. And, and for Mary and, and, and Joseph, right, they, they just saw it as this young couple. We're gonna get engaged, we're gonna get married. Maybe we'll get a home, we'll have a Chip and Joanna Gaines come and decorate it for us, right? We'll have a, a, a couple of kids, it's gonna be fantastic. We'll go to soccer on Saturdays, right? This is gonna be a great life. But in the middle of all of their preparation, in the middle of all of their planning, of all of their expectations, God shows up and says, oh, oh by the way, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. I've got a new plan for you, right? I've got something else that we're gonna do. Now, don't get upset, right? It's kind of a big deal. There's three parts. Mary, you're, you're gonna get pregnant, right? Before you get married. And I know you didn't plan for that, um, but hang on in there. Don't get upset. It's gonna be a miracle, right? This virgin birth never happened before. This is kind of cool. Oh, and, and by the way, you're, you're gonna, the child that you're gonna have is, is gonna be God, right? But other than that, right? It's a kind of business as usual. God totally messed up their plans. Have you ever had a, a change in your plans? Maybe it's a, a doctor's visit that didn't go the way that you hoped it would. The, the family that you have desperately been trying to start, but no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work at it, no matter how hard you pray about it, the answers just seem to be no, not yet, no, not yet, no, not yet. Maybe it's your job, your career. Again, not, not heading in the direction that you thought it would. You're not in the place where you had dreamed of being, right? It's not going as, as quickly or as easily. It's, it's just not working out the way that you had hoped. Maybe it's your marriage. It's just not working the way it did at first. Right? At first, it, it, we loved each other. We spent so much time together. We talked and now, and now it just feels like we're two strangers living in the same house. We're more roommates than, than, than husband and wife. See, your plan for what your life would look like at this stage may feel miles off in reality from where you expected it to be. Let me be really clear, really clear about this. Everything that happens in your life is not always God's will. See, a lot of the problems that we have are things that we bring on ourselves, a, a lot of dumb decisions that we make, a, a lot of mistakes that, that, that are our fault, things that we say that God had nothing to do with at all. And sometimes, sometimes other people cause problems in our lives. See, we live in a broken world, a broken planet full of broken people. Every single one of us has sinned. And so what happens is that you hurt people. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. People hurt you, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Not everything that happens in this world is, is God's will. But for some reason, God allows it. And sometimes... Sometimes in the midst of this, God intervenes and says, you know what, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something special in your life. I'm gonna do something that you never would have dreamed of, you never would have imagined on your own. But in order to do that, in order to give you th this incredible life, this incredible experience, I'm gonna have to change the plans. For some of us, that was 2016, right? This, was, this year didn't go anywhere close to where we thought it was or, or hoped it was gonna go. For, for some of us, we're about to walk into this holiday season with high expectations and the reality is that it might not match up. For many of us heading into 2017, we have hopes, we have dreams, right? Things that we're gonna do, things that we're gonna accomplish, it's gonna be a better year, but we really don't know. 
because we're not in control of those things. Maybe God's gonna step in and maybe God's gonna do something in our life that's gonna give us the greatest life that we could ever imagine. Here's three things from the Christmas story that I think I want us just to, to focus on as we close this out. The first is this, when God changes your plans, we have to understand that he's trying to get our attention. See, God's plan for Mary and Joseph was, was so incredible. It was so unbelievable. It was so ridiculously out of the ordinary that he had to do something extraordinary to prove to them that this was a, a God thing, that this is what God was doing. And so he sent a, an angel, right? Be, because they, what had happened in their life has never happened any time before in history or, or ever again. For us, right, for, for me, I, I've never knowingly seen an angel. I don't have an, encounters or conversations with angels. But I know that God is still trying to speak to me. I know that God is still trying to tell me things. He's trying to get my attention. For me, for us, what God wants us to do is simply listen to him. So the, the problem is, is, is it's just not easy, is it? We're, we're not really good at listening to God, most of us. We're good at talking. We're good at talking to God. We're, we're really good, some of us, at, at complaining to God. A lot of us are really good at complaining to others about situations that we don't like. But we're not so great at the listening to God part. So instead, we do the, the talking. And, and I think God still is trying to talk to us. He, he's trying to, to show us. He's trying to share with us. He's trying to lead us in directions. The problem is, is that too often we're just too busy. Too often we're just too distracted by other things and God can't get through. I have conversations with people all the time that say, Donnie, I just don't hear God talking to me. And, and, I, and I wonder most of those times if it's not a, not a God problem, but it's, a, it's an us problem right? I know that's true in my life. I love my, uh, I love my iPhone. Um, I make sure that it's updated regularly with the updates, and I know most of the shortcuts, but there is one thing on my iPhone that I have never, ever successfully done, right? And it doesn't happen often, so I don't get a chance to practice, but sometimes I'll make a phone call. I'll call my wife, Laura, whatever. She doesn't answer, and so it goes to voicemail, and so I'm leaving a, a message for her, and then she calls back, Right? And all of a sudden the screen pops up and there's a few different options about hang up on this one or, or stop this one or skip it all. And I think I press every button that there is and never once have I actually gotten through to the person that's calling me. Right? I hang up on the message that I'm leaving. I hang up on the person that's calling and I end up having to call them back. And it never, it never fails. I have never, I pressed every button, but it never, it never fails. And I wonder how many times in my life that God is saying, Donnie, I'm trying to get a hold of you. I'm trying to call you. I've got a message for you. There's something that I want you to do. There's a conversation that I want you to have. There's a place that I want you to go, but I, I miss God's call all the time. See, in, in Psalm 81, God said this, if you would only listen to me. Why does God want us to listen to him? Because he wants to help us. He wants to save us from our problems. He wants to, to give us a perspective that we can never have and that he only can have because he's God. The Bible says that there's a, a path before each person that seems, that seems right. And so I'll do this all the time is, is I'll go down that path because it seems right to me. It, it feels right. I think this is a good decision. I think this will make me happy. I, I think this will make my life more comfortable. I, I think this makes sense to me. The rest of that verse though says, but it ends in, it ends in death. And I think if we're honest, every single one of us have been in those places where we've made decisions for ourselves, for our families, for our companies, for our friends, whatever it might be, right? Thinking that it's, it's the right decision, thinking that we know what's best, but it ends up in this, this dead end. It ends up in this place where, where, where there's pain and where there's frustration and where there's discouragement, not where we wanted to be, but often where we, 
where we end up. The problem is, is because usually we're not listening to God. You see, God whispers in our pleasure, but he shouts in our pain. Pain is often God's megaphone in our lives. It's the way that God calls out to us to say, are you, are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to listen to me? Or do you think you still know everything? Do you think that your way is still the best way? Do you think you can figure this out on your own? And so oftentimes it's through pain that God calls out to us to try and get our attention. See, everything that God does for you, everything that God does for me, he does it for our good. God doesn't want us to get burned. He doesn't want us to have a broken heart or a broken body. He doesn't want us to have a broken marriage or broken relationships or, or broken dreams. God says, I've got a perspective on how to live your life that is far greater than the perspective you have if you're willing to listen. Here's the second thing. Second thing is this, when God changes your plans, it also means that he has a better plan. You see, God's trying to get your attention, but it, when he changes our plans, it's because God has a, a better plan for us. Nothing went the way Mary imagined as a little girl. Right? But she discovered through this journey with God a, a greater dream than she ever could have dreamt on her own. Joseph thought that he was doing the right thing. I'll just divorce her quietly. I'll just kind of put a, a quiet end to this. I'll show some compassion. I'll follow the law. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But God helped him make an even, an even better decision that, that he never would have experienced had he gone and done things on his own. You see, God's plan is always, always better than your plan. It's always better than my plan. As we look ahead to this Christmas, as we look ahead to this next year, I believe that God says, I, I've got plans for you. I, I have incredible plans and they're good plans and they're plans for hope and they're plans for a future for you. But God's not gonna force his plans on us. He gives us the freedom to choose. He gives us the freedom to choose whether we're willing to listen or to trust or to obey his plans. See, the, the reality is, is that you can keep on going with your little plan. And, and it may be a good plan, right? You may be living a very comfortable life right now. You may be very happy. You may be getting things the way you want them and, and, and everything is going the way that you hoped it would. You're, you're getting your own way. But what if, what if God were to say to you, but I've got a better plan. I've got a bigger plan for your life that you couldn't even imagine on your own. Yeah, you've got this cute little comfortable plan that you're following, but, but what if there was something bigger and better for you? See, here's what we know about God's plans. We know that God's plans are always bigger and better than ours. For Mary and Joseph, they, they thought, man, we're just gonna get married. We'll have some kids, we'll, we'll settle down. But God comes along and says, no, I wanna use you as a couple, not just to have kids for yourself and, and your family. And yes, that would be a blessing to you, but I wanna use the child that you have to be a blessing to the entire world much bigger plan, right? God's plans are always bigger than we could ever dream or, or imagine. And so if you go with your plan instead of God's plan, what's gonna happen is that you're gonna, you're gonna limit your life because you have no idea what God wants to do in your life. You have no idea what God wants to do through you in the lives of others. But here's the other truth about God's plans, that they're usually, they're usually more difficult. Right? God's plans are usually more difficult than our plans because we, we choose to do the things that are comfortable for us as much as we can control, right? That's, that's just our nature. It's just who we are. God's plans are often harder. They, they often take us to a place of, of confusion. They're often difficult. They're sometimes even painful. When you think about God's plan to use Mary to bless the entire world, this was not an easy plan, was it? 
It probably wasn't easy for Mary to, to endure nine months of, of, of looks and stares, of, of judgment, of criticism, of gossip, of finger pointing. There's an unmarried woman, engaged and pregnant, chosen by God, impregnated by the Holy Spirit, right, with this virgin birth, giving birth to, to God himself. Yeah, Mary, sure, we believe you, right? What would you say to a friend that came to you with a story like Mary's? And so I would imagine that for nine months, Mary put up with constant criticism, constant gossip, constant pain. See, the plan was, was difficult, but it was a plan with a promise. Mary didn't understand at the time, and I'm sure there were a lot of moments where she cried out and said, God, why? Right? Why me? Why now? Why this way? Why did this have to happen? I'm sure there were a lot of those moments, but later she would understand what God was doing in and through her life. There are some things that are happening in your life right now that for many of us put us in a place where we're asking the same question. We're going, God, why? Why now? Why him? Why her? Why this moment? Why can't we just get ahead? Why? And I wonder if, if, if that question is, is really the wrong question. And I wonder if a better question that we should be asking is, is God, what, what for? What for, God? What for in my life? Well, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to do? What do you want to do in my life or, or through my life, God? When you change the plans. Here's the last thing, right? God uses, when he changes the plans, it's to get our attention. It's, it's to show us that he has a bigger and better plan. The last thing is this, is he's saying, I want you to learn to simply trust me. I want you to learn to trust me. Nothing went the way Mary and Joseph planned. God's plan for their life was so much different than, than what they had planned, so much more difficult than what they had dreamed of. But they simply responded by trusting God. Look what it says in Luke 1. It says, I, this is Mary's answer, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mary had no idea what she was going to endure, what she was gonna go through for the rest of her life. But she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Look what Joseph said. When he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. Here's Joseph, I, I wanna follow the law, right? But I, I wanna honor my wife and, and okay, God, this is gonna make me look bad, right? This is gonna hurt my reputation because people are gonna point and they're gonna tell stories and, and nobody's gonna believe this whole God thing and they're gonna think that we had this relationship and, and, and but okay, okay, it's, it's, it's gonna hurt my reputation. This is gonna cost me something, but God, I'm, I'm all in, even though this doesn't make sense. You see, Mary and Joseph believed that God knew what was best, that God loved them and cared for them and that he was going to see them all the way through it. And even though their reality was turning out very different than their expectations, they simply trusted God. God's desire for you, for me, is to do the same. It's to trust him, to trust that he knows what he's doing, to trust that he loves you and that he cares for you and that he will see you all the way through whatever situation you're in or you're gonna walk into. See, God is for us. God is with us and God is not finished with us yet. This is what the angels announced at that very first Christmas. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because God sent us a, a savior. God changed everything for us through the birth of his son, Jesus. Freedom and forgiveness, hope in this life and eternal life after, right? God changed everything for us, but he also said that, that I will be with you. I'm, I'm here for you and I'm not finished in your life yet. And so this Christmas, 
as you head into these next few weeks, if things go as you planned and, and they're working out well for you, that's great. I want you to do a couple things. One, I want you to thank God. Thank him every single day that things are going the way that you hope. Things are going in a, in a great direction. And, and constantly ask God, God, how do you wanna use me in this? Because I wanna trust you with it. And so God, as long as you're leading in this direction, will you just continue to use me with the plans that you have given me? But when things don't go, the way that we planned, the way that we dreamed, the way that we expected, when reality is very, very different, here's a couple questions to ask. God, what do you wanna show me in this? God, how do you want to grow me through this? And it comes back to that place where we make the statement and say, God, I believe that nothing is impossible for you. And so I trust that your plans are bigger and your plans are better. And so I'm gonna trust you with my life. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you so much for the Christmas story because in it, we find so much hope. And for some of us today, maybe for the very, very first time, we're hearing the story of, of who you are and what you have done for us. And, and maybe even like Mary and Joseph, it, we, don't, we don't have all of the answers and, and it doesn't all make sense, but we know that the life we're living isn't, isn't right. We know that there's brokenness in our life. We know that the, that the plans that we had and the, the reality, it, it, they're just not the same. And Father, for some of us here today, we need you. And if that's where you are, I, I would just encourage you just to, to kind of just answer me too as I pray this, it, just quietly in your mind. Dear God, I really do want to know you. I wanna know you better this Christmas and this new year. I realize now that you've been trying to get my attention I know something was missing in my life. I just didn't know it was you, but it was. You were there the whole time. I admit that I've been focusing on my plan, not yours. God, I want things to change. Thank you for sending Jesus to be my savior. This Christmas, I accept your gift of salvation. Jesus, I want to turn from my own ways and start following you. I want to learn to love you and trust you. And so please replace my confusion with your peace. Replace my guilt with your forgiveness. Replace my uncertainty about death with your gift of eternal life. Father, we just, we thank you. For many of us, we're in, in situations where we're dealing with things that we never dreamt of, that we never wanted, that we never planned for. But Father, we thank you that even in those things, we can find hope. We can find hope when things don't go our way that like Mary and Joseph, we can trust that you are still in control, that you have a plan and that you are for us and that God, you are not finished with us yet. And so we give you our plans this Christmas. We give you our plans for this new year and we ask that God, you will do more in us and through us than we ever could have planned for ourselves. We love you and we thank you. And we pray all these things in your name, amen.